Welcome, everyone. I am Tanya Lin, and I am absolutely so excited and juiced up about today's topic, this month's topic, all about pleasure and embodying the seductress. And so we're going to get into who she is on this call. And for you to meet the amazing pleasure CEO, Christina Morassi. <laughs> And uh, we are just going to get raw and real and just talk about all things related to sexuality and our pleasure and our bodies. So give yourself permission to just be open and receive whatever you're supposed to receive from this call. And yeah, we're just going to dive right in. So let me tell you a little bit about Christina before I have her share a little bit about her journey. Uh, if you don't know Christina Morassi, she is blessed to say that she, is, she achieved the entrepreneurial dream. She reached the high six figures, helping women find their ecstatic brands, had clients in 25 countries, created big three-day live events, and along with her community, raised $25,000 to sponsor a village in Africa for five years. It was amazing, as she writes, yes, and she was absolutely exhausted from being in man mode all the time and following other people's templates to success. Does that sound familiar? <laughs> so two years ago, she pulled the plug on her successful business, created a pleasure makeover for herself, which we'll be talking about, and now turns her attention to helping other successful women entrepreneurs become women in business rather than men by unleashing their feminine superpowers of pleasure and desire to become pleasure CEOs. Yum. Mm -hmm. So, welcome, Christina. I'm so excited that you get to be our guest for today and this month. So, thank you for being here. Mm, thank you for having me, Tanya. I love that I get to embody the seductress with all of you today. And thank you for inviting me to be the representative uh, for this month. And I welcome all the women who are here live and will be listening later so that we all can unleash more of our feminine superpowers and definitely dive in more to this archetype of the seductress. So, I'm excited. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, so let's start with this whole pleasure makeover, um, and then we'll get into who the seductress is, but okay. let's talk about that because I think, you know, it's for me, myself, um, I am constantly playing on this edge of pleasure and finding that, uh, as much as I try to really tap into my desires and find my pleasure, um, I can still get sucked back into man mode. And <laughs> it's so easy. I, I mean, oh. really, I feel like it's a heroic act every day when I don't succumb to man mode. <laughs> okay, so let's start with like, how what did this pleasure makeover look like? Like, how did this start? I mean, I know a little bit about the story, but I want to <laughs> hear it. I know all the other women want to hear it of okay, you quit your business. You move up, up to Oakland from LA <laughs> and you start over and you start with this pleasure makeover. So what was that? All right. So basically, you know, I'd created a successful business and the machine of a successful coaching business, helping women find their ecstatic brands. And there were parts of it I loved. Um, and at its core, I was basically a business coach. Now, kind of a shaman disguised as a business coach. There was a lot of transformation work woven into it, but 
it was um, a level of work that didn't feel like the most authentic version for me. And I was working constantly, so I had no personal life to speak of. So I started to get glimmerings at some point that it was time for a change, that there was a next level to the body of work. And so for probably maybe a year and a half, I tried to turn the ship slowly to be like, okay, something needs to change. I'm listening. I'm listening. What is it? Can I start to make these changes? And the universe wasn't having it. You know, it was like the things that used to work weren't working anymore. I was still efforting. I mean, that was the real thing is I was exhausted. Like stuff wasn't working so well. And then that just meant more hustling. And so finally, I kind of had this come to Jesus moment. And it interestingly, it was already corresponding to moving from Los Angeles to the Bay Area to Oakland. Um, and I was about to sign the contract on my next live event. And my live events were big and extravagant and quite expensive. And I knew it was like, wait, am I about to commit to this again? You know, and without making a big shift in my business. And so I decided I was like, I tuned in, listened to um, my body and other places that we will go into later. Um, and I kind of got like, woman, it's time for a big move. Like you go big or go home. We want you to make some, a drastic change. And so I was like, all right. I'm in. I'm going to unplug the business. I'm going to like cancel the live event, cancel these launches, you know, allow my mastermind program to just run out and then kind of go in the down low, coast with some private clients and listen for what was next. And that was intense because I'm sure everyone in this call has been in that moment at one time or another, or maybe in it now where you go into the void you know, like the, it is the unknown to the intense degree. And, you know, it took about a year and a half for me to really finally birth that next level of the body work. And I've been realizing that if I'd known how long it was going to take, I don't know if I would have been as brave to pull the plug um, because that it was an intense year and a half. But what supported that journey in that year and a half of the unknown was this pleasure makeover. So one specific thing that I did is um, I'd heard about this very unique practice called orgasmic meditation. And I'd heard about it for years. And, you know, when you first hear about it, it sounds absolutely nuts. And it did to me too. Uh, and then I started to like get more and more intrigued. And I wanted to learn the practice when I was in LA, but I was working nonstop. I couldn't even figure out how to go and learn the practice. And so part of moving to the Bay Area pulling the plug in the business, I had a colleague who actually does the practice and she was like, listen, I'm just getting you started. I don't want to hear any more about like, I can't get to the class or, you know, whatever excuses we all like to come up with. And so I dove into this practice. So briefly, so people can wrap their minds around this, although it will sound a little crazy, is it's a partnered consciousness practice, orgasmic meditation. And what it involves is a woman's clitoris is stroked in a very methodical manner for 15 minutes with no other goal but to feel. Now, it's really not actually so much about sexuality. Um, it's more about the consciousness and being able to feel what's in your body. You're not going for climax. You're not looking to achieve a result. You're looking to feel, you know, which is a very feminine practice. And so it involves a woman disrobing from the waist down. She lays down in a nest. There's a stroker who could be a man or a woman that sits to her right and then strokes the upper left-hand quadrant of the clitoris with like 
a, a touch that's like touching your eyelid, very gentle and very slow and methodical, up, down, up, down. And through that practice, you get to feel a lot, as you can imagine. You know, the clitoris has 8,000 nerve endings that are only there for pleasure. So it's a very unique practice that is for some people and may not be for others. But through that practice, I got to see, okay, I need to make time and space for pleasure and to make that a priority. Um, I need moments where I'm in connection with another person, you know, because that obviously fills us up. Um, that practice, because you are tuning into, let's say, your orgasm as a broader term of just life force energy and a vitality that's coursing through your veins, what happens is that starts to fill you up. So if you happen to be a woman, and most of us are, unfortunately, who is completely drained and running on empty in her gas tank, we need to take responsibility for finding ways to fill up our tank and tuning into our sensuality. And, and this particular practice is one example, is a great way to fill up. So through that journey of diving into orgasmic meditation, they have a coaching program. I did it for six months because there's an amazing body of work behind the practice that I'm a bit of a mad scientist and I was a healer that crossed over into business. So I'm always gathering like different, um, let's say, principles and bringing them together into, I'd like to think, my own unique offering. Um, so with orgasmic meditation and diving into the coaching practice, I started to see how much power and potency was in a woman's sex power. And I started to see that that is a fuel source. If we can think about, I mean, my goodness, it creates life force. Like it creates a child. Imagine if we could harness that same power and potency and power up our businesses from that way. Because so often we're in man mode, we're using willpower to make things happen. But what if we could use pleasure power instead? And I got really passionate about that because all of, I'm blessed to have these amazing colleagues who have these successful seven-figure businesses, and just about all of them have a health issue of some kind. They're exhausted, they have adrenal fatigue, they're close to burnout, and that's just not sustainable. And I don't see why we're all thinking that's okay. So to me, I'm kind of fascinated by when women try to play the game like men, we burn out. I mean, adrenal fatigue, you don't hear about very many men who have that same condition. It's a woman's disease, right? So we need to learn a different operating system, feminine operating system of how we run our businesses. So that's where I got super passionate. So created the pleasure makeover for myself. And then I got so passionate about it. I was like, all right, this is the next level of the body of work. I want to help women entrepreneurs learn how to access more of their feminine superpowers, learn how to fill up, create a new operating system, and see where they can power their businesses through pleasure. Yes, and this is such a great transition into the seductress. But first, mm -hmm. I just want to point out that piece around the actual Omin orgasmic meditation practice is about not trying to have the result, the masculine result of orgasming, but just being in your body and feeling the sensations and that's that filling up process. So it's actually teaching you how to be more embodied in your feminine. I mean, yes. it's just genius. So, and you know, you were just talking and, and really segueing into the seductress of what would be possible. We have this creative force to create babies. Okay, how can we actually channel that into our business, into our life, right? Mm -hmm. And be able to turn on that sexual or pleasure superpower. And that 
really is to me what the seductress is all about. Mm. So let's talk a little bit about her. And um, yeah, who's, who's the seductress to you? And let, let's just start there. Okay. Well, first of all, it's so interesting because um, the seductress often gets such a bad rap. Yes. You know, like she gets the bad rap as the woman who's using her body in order to get what she wants from men. And that's really not the full truth. I mean, a woman is actually learning how to be in her feminine archetype and to be in that place of delight and pleasure and enjoyment and like having fun with life and then inviting others to have fun with her. I mean, really, it's the most I would say pinnacle of what the feminine superpower can look like. So it's such a bummer when it gets a little bit, uh, you know, reduced, of course. Um, but it's a whole different, like, way to think about it. If we could all be more in our own pleasure and then invite people into their pleasure this world would be completely different. So there's something for us, I believe, to, we almost need to clean up our version of the seductress in our own experience of it, and then get comfortable with our own feminine power, and then learn how to wield it to our benefit and to the benefit of the world too. Yeah, and to channel it in a healthy way. Yeah. Right? And um, it's not necessarily just about manipulating or... Um, trying to use our body to get what we want, but um, but it's it's more about the embodiment of that sexual energy mm -hmm. to create what we want. And um, I like the word allurement. Um, using the word allurement to like we're alluring, like we're mm -hmm. we're magnet, like we're. Um, that we're radiating and magnifying this type of energy that's very attractive that's then bringing resources towards us and having creating more flow in our life, right? Totally. Um, can I share a great quote that I found around seduction? Because this really helped me. So it's by a man named Benjamin T. Russell, and he says, seduction isn't making someone do what they don't want to do. It's enticing someone into what they secretly want to do already. And to me, that is so hot <laughs> because, and I think that's the case, but we've lost that piece because we think it's more about seduction or like manipulation. And that's not the case at all. It's really that we want to entice people into more enjoyment for themselves, not just for us. It's an invitation. Yes. Yeah. Yes. An alluring invitation. Oh, I like that. <laughs> I really, really like that. Um, so, yeah, let's dive into now the pleasure CEO and how, you know, she is pretty much the seductress and mm -hmm. really creating pleasure for herself and, um, and using that to take her business to the next level. Mm. Um, there's a lot of women who are in our tribe who are starting businesses, have businesses, um, you know, really consider themselves feminine leaders out there making a difference in the world. And how do they incorporate more pleasure so that it is more sustainable? I mean, I think this is the biggest thing that we're all dealing with. You just said about your clients. So mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. 
Well, the biggest thing I realized is that the most important piece is for us to create a new operating system, which is not simple because we're hardwired and seeped in the juices of a patriarchy, unfortunately. So that is our norm. But really, we need to unplug from the matrix of the patriarchy and start to get our own wisdom from within our bodies and especially our feminine bodies and then begin to create the operating system that works best for us. And it's no small feat, as I was mentioning earlier. Like every day I'm like, okay, this is nuts, but it's a heroic act every day when I choose pleasure over man mode. I mean, really, and I have to keep doing it over and over because it feels like neurons in my brain need to get reestablished with this new rewiring. So I kind of downloaded this five-step process of what this operating system looks like. So I'd like to just give that overview because I know okay. I'm a why learner. I kind of was like, okay, yeah, sure, that sounds fine. Let's be in the feminine business, but how? <laughs> um, so what I downloaded was that there's five steps. And so step one is all about breaking free from conditioning because it's that place where we need to learn how to unplug. And so many of us don't even know what we want or even how to access our own pleasure because we're wired in a particular way to worry about what people think of us. We want to make other people feel good. We're worrying about them or are we going to outshine them? I mean, there's so much outward orientation and really we need to wipe that clean and break free from those shackles so that we can start to then know who the hell are we not who we think others need us to be. So step one is super important is like making a conscious decision to do that heroic act of I'm not going to abide by the patriarchy and keep doing it the way that I've been taught. So that's step one. Step two, now that you've broken free of everybody else's stuff, it starts, starts, time to tune into your own, like what's going on inside you so that you can learn about your own desires. And I love this piece because so many women either don't know their own desires or don't allow themselves to have them for a variety of reasons. But it's almost like a muscle that needs to get utilized. And I, what I've learned through this whole journey I've been on is that you know desires are quite sacred. There's spark from our soul that rise up and send us in the direction of a nutrient that we need. And that is, um, I heard uh, a woman named Mama Gina say something this morning too, that desires are our interface between us and something larger than us. And I thought that was so beautiful. So, but again, it's another heroic act to allow yourself like every day to tune into your own desires to start to get that machinery juiced up so that it's going. But when it is going, if you have a spark rising up from your soul, sending in you the direction of a nutrient you need, that's a tool that you can utilize in business that to me is far more exquisite and beautiful than a plan or a strategy or a template, right? It's like our own GPS system from our soul. So that's step two is opening up your desire channel. And then step three is now you want to start to get comfortable with your own sex power. Because of course, as a society, we've got so much shame around our sexuality. So we need to all look for what is our next stretch so that we are more comfortable within our own sexuality. 
That's going to look different for each person. I'm not saying you have to go out and do anything wild or crazy, but I want you to stretch beyond the edges of your comfort zone of what your sexuality and intimacy look like and how could you experiment so that you get more comfortable with that power because that's step three. And then step four, now it's all about pleasure and having this. And I didn't even get this till I was downloading this template was that you know, desire and pleasure are actually completely different. And I had never seen that. Desire is the longing and the wanting. And then the pleasure is the having and the receiving. And again, that's another muscle. As women, we almost don't even have cell receptor sites, number one, to receive. But then it's a whole other heroic act to actually have. I mean, how many people do we know or how many times this happened to us where something amazing happens for us? Maybe we even bring in a big client and then the money goes right out the door because we don't know how to have and enjoy and experience the pleasure of it. It's like a hot potato when we want it out. So that's an important piece of the puzzle too. Step four is about pleasure. And then now step five is how do you put it all together in business? Because I don't want to just be talking about these lovely concepts. I want to see real women entrepreneurs get real, I don't really want to say results per se, but have real impact with what they're doing in the world that feels good. So they have this wild love affair with their business. Like that's the intention I want to hold for everyone. So you want to look at how do you put all of these pieces into your business? And so I like to call about, you know, pleasure CEO hacks, if you will. And like a few of those could be, you know, every day you start by filling up in the morning because if you start empty, you're not going to be much good throughout the day. And it's our responsibility to learn how to fill up. So every morning you have a morning fill up of some kind. And that could be maybe um, going for a walk in nature, doing some exercise, some meditation, some journaling, some self-pleasuring, whatever works for you to fill you up. That's one possibility. Another is, you know, like really write out your desires every day to get that muscle going so that you know what a desire feels like and you know instead when you're operating out of a should. Um, another piece is learning how to follow turn on in business because so often we have our to-do lists or we have our plans that we've worked on with our coaches and that's what we follow kind of without really even thinking about it or even enjoying the process at all. But women are built to feel pleasure. If we don't, it's going to be an empty experience. So how do you follow the turn on? Like, okay, so do you have turn on around creating that particular program? Fantastic. Explore that. Are you creating this program because it's a should or someone said that would be a very smart strategy? Then you don't do it and you stay committed to that process. So I could go on and on, but these are some of the pieces of what that different operating system looks like in business to become a pleasure CEO. I absolutely love that. Mm, thank you. And especially number four was just so powerful. Um, mm. And, you know, I'm wondering for you, and I, and I can share as well, um, I love this, you know, it's a heroic act. It really is on a daily basis. And what would you say is the number one um, thing that gets in your way or number one obstacle for you from creating this and yeah. I would say it's um it's it's conditioning really it's like conditioning of because as I'm going through this process I have this continual voice that's like 
you're crazy. You're being irresponsible. You're not doing enough work. You know what you need to do and do it. And you're being like your head's in the clouds. So, I mean, it's this constant voice that says you're nuts. <laughs> so that's the piece that I have to kind of keep coming up against. And it's shocking to me how long this is taking. I mean, I've been committed to this now for at least a year or really more. And that voice is still going. I mean, it's so inbred to me of like what it looks like of how to be responsible and how to, you know, like take care of things. And, and it's just so different. So instead, what I'm learning to do is I'm not hustling and I'm not doing anything that doesn't feel right, that I don't feel yes in my body. And I'm learning how to lean back and to allow things to come to me. And I'm focusing on polishing my magnet instead of learning how to trace and, you know, kind of go after things. So that's, those are the ways. And I mean, it's continue. I can even feel it in my body. Like my whole body is like, no, but I need to make something happen. And it's like, no, you don't lean back. So this is how I'm working with clients. That's fantastic. Like, you know, we're doing these incredible group rituals where we lean back and we get that felt experience into our bones because it's a new muscle. So we have to practice it. So that's what's happening. For and me. that, that physical feeling like you're yeah. leaning back and yeah, it's to actually feel that physically in your body. Totally. Um, yeah. For me, you? Well, yeah, for me, um, you know, that, th that piece that you said is like money comes in and then it immediately goes out. I don't know how many times that happens for me. I mean, it's just unbelievable. And, mm -hmm. um, my husband is really good at, he wants to buy something. He goes and buys something. And for me, it's, I always value my money is spent on, you know, healing and transformation. <laughs> but, <I understand. laughs> and so rarely will I go buy myself something. And that is something that he's actually been teaching me to do. But my whole body is just in this total reaction of, I can't spend money on that, you know? And um, like, I just, I bought myself a drum and it's amazing. Not only how much joy that brings for me, but Callie is always playing with it and she loves musical instruments. It's just, it's adorable. And so I'm just, it's almost like I have to remind myself of the confirmation of, you know, look at, look at how much joy this is bringing you. Thank you for buying this, you know, or just like an outfit for myself. I don't really like to shop um, and just, you know, giving myself these things. So I think that is where, like buying myself a gift is one of my, my biggest obstacles in receiving pleasure. I love it. Um, can I make a suggestion? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm seeing this, this having this piece, uh, you know, the version of pleasure of like the receiving of it, the enjoying of it and the having of it. I'm, this is like my current obsession at the moment because I see this so often. Um, so even when you're talking about the drum, I still hear a little bit of like the frequency of guilt or like I shouldn't have done it. You know, I think, I mean, you know, the value of it and Callie, Callie's enjoying it. So you get it. But what I'm seeing is, again, this is a conscious decision we have to make. So you bought this drum, and then there's a moment where it was women. We have to, first of all, let it in. And then we have to savor, like, the pleasure and the enjoyment of it and the Kelly. And then um, also you can sort of play around with, like, I deserve this. Like, playing with it and, like, being very deliberate about 
like the enjoyment frequency, which then will cancel out the guilt frequency. And then the molecules in your body all start to be vibrating at that. And so that's, if you're enjoying it, you're having it. If the guilt is anywhere near it, that's a place where potentially that thing could go right out the door again because we are not digesting it to have it. And so I'm just super fascinated by that. So just like how much more can you just enjoy the heck out of the fact that you spent the money on this and how much joy it's bringing you and bringing your family and, and all of that. So, but, but like I said, it's a conscious decision. We have to make ourselves like enjoy. It's a trip. Exactly. And um, as you're speaking, it's interesting because um, we said August, we're going to get a new car for Brent. Uh-huh. Um, he has a two-door truck with, it's a, it has an extended cab, but we need a four-door so that you can put a car seat in the back. Mm-hmm. So August was our time we were going to get a truck. And so we've been, you know, he's been researching, he went and test drove. And it's so interesting how this weekend, this past weekend, his mom comes down and she's pretty much talking us out of getting a truck. Like, you guys don't have car payments. Why would you go and upgrade and get this new truck? And now you're going to have a $300 car payment a month. You know, you guys should just rent a truck when you go on trips because then it's like, you know, you don't, you're not going on that many trips. And I just, I'm so present to exactly what you're saying of what if we actually fully allowed ourselves to be open and have that desire because we both want that new truck. I mean, and for him to just feel so good, you know, driving this new truck, his truck's like 16 years old or something. I mean, it's, I think, yeah, it's, it's 12 or 13 years old. And for me too, you know, like this is a life upgrade for both of us together for him to get this new car. So um, and I've noticed, I just got a, a detail on my car and I don't, I, I feel so amazing in my car now because it's so clean and it's so shiny and, and beautiful. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like let's act, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm just present to how we're allowing ourselves to get talked out of that and to not really fully claim the desire and, and for him to really get present to how he's going to feel receiving this pleasure of having you know, I mean, his chest is going to be up. I mean, it's for a man as well. Like, you know, for him to get juiced up from the pleasure of having this new truck. So anyway, it's such a good point, Tanya, because this is, this is the heroic act of which I speak because of course, you know, your um, mother-in-law is playing the role of, you know, the proverbial, um, you know, person from society that has, is very logical and very smart, but the feminine is nowhere near logic none and that's the that's the heroic aspect of it that we need to leap off into the abyss of being okay with that and following the wily twists and turns of the desire and feminine and not knowing that it makes sense but that enjoyment really does have a currency to it and value to it but we have to keep deciding that it does and going against millenniums of conditioning of patriarchy that says otherwise but that's the point like as women we need to keep making that decision and that's like that voice of you know i would have that voice to be like i'm crazy like what she says makes sense but it doesn't in in that particular matrix it makes sense but not in this one um so that's where we all need to keep deciding to band together (laughs) so that we can support each other in these heroic acts 
this is just, it's, it's about upgrading, up-leveling. You yeah. know, that's what I'm present to is this old model of working hard has us exhausted, struggling, and in scarcity um, survival mode. Mm-hmm. When we actually allow ourselves to have our desires and then receive pleasure, it's a whole system upgrade. It's not just a system, you know, uh, creating a new system of the feminine. It's, it's upgrading our systems to, from survival to thrival. True. Thriving. Thrive, thrival, whatever. I like it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm very present to that. And this piece about the seductress of, you know, she's, she's so present to her desires. She's going out there and claiming it. And she's creating that magnetic energy of, okay, more please, more please, more please. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. It's true. There's this place of, um, you know, because I'm diving into all things feminine, as you can imagine. And so I've been to flirting workshops and I've been, I did a program with a woman called Mama Gina who wrote a book called The School of Womenly Arts. And she's amazing around pleasure and desire. So I'm learning all of these pieces from different places. And, you know, the places, like you can't, True seduction, you can't do unless you're in your own pleasure. The manipulative kind, sure, you could. But the truest version, you need to be in your own power and tap into that and then sort of like have this enticement going on. And I'm just thinking, um, you know, I've been dating for the last few years and I had an experience with a man recently where we were texting back and forth and we were supposed to have a plan of some sort. And I wasn't, my, I wasn't feeling well one day, so I wasn't sure if it was going to be that night or a different night. And then it's a very new, we've only been on a few dates. And his response was something like, well, um, that might work, like if I'm not feeling well, that might work. But, you know, with all these women who were calling me kind of thing. And it it wasn't even something he would normally say. And I, I read it going, what the fuck? <laughs> like, and a part of me collapsed because I was like, what game are you playing here? Like, that's lame. You know, and I almost like wasn't going to respond and sort of go into that like withhold or just also probably a little bit cranky. And then, you know, I could have had a conversation with him later to talk about how that affected my feelings and like all this whole host of like responses I could have had. And in that moment, I was like, hang on where is your seductress? Mm. And it was another heroic act to like not go into the collapse of like, are there really a lot of women calling him? (laughs) You know, I could have gone to this whole tizzy and I was like, "Uh -uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. So I I had to like pull out of that storyline that was like spiraling downward and tapped in. And I was like, how do I, he just lobbed something at me that was kind of lame, right? But how do I pick it up and sort of like toss it up and keep it in this realm of like pleasure and desire? And so my response was, um, it needs a little backstory, but we'd been on a date and apparently like he'd been sort of inspired by me and he'd gone out to um, a store to get some interesting sensual items. Apparently like we hadn't even talked yet. So he, and I didn't totally understand this whole process, but anyways, I knew he'd gone on this special shopping trip because he was inspired by me in some way. So I thought, I'm going to use that. So I just sort of was like, okay, how do I not collapse? How do I not get cranky? How do I not a lot? And I just sort of said, well, perhaps all these women are calling you, but have any of them sent you on a special shopping trip before you even met them? And it was almost like this asserting of my like, uh-uh, I am playing that game. I'm in my power. I know my value. And like, 
play with me. So it was kind of like if someone tosses you a ball and you just want to be like, that was a bad throw. I'm going to let it drop. And instead I caught it and was like, uh-uh, I'm going to toss it back and keep the volley going. So that was a kind of a fun moment for me of like a conscious decision to go into my seductress rather than something else. So that's just such a great story. And it relates to so many things where we feel like something's taking us out. Perhaps someone says some, something to us that triggers us or, you know, we, we feel like we're being taken out of our game and that's when we can turn it on and we can find that it's a courageous, heroic act to find that and to respond instead of shut down and re react in a way that is um, disempowered. So totally, that's what the seductress can do for us. It's, it's beautiful. Can I share another seductress story in business? Oh, yeah. Okay. So I mentioned I did this program called Mama Gina's Mastery Program, the School of Women mm -hmm. Arts. And so it's in New York City. Um, I went to the free event last January. And so there are 850 women in a room. It's an incredible experience. And she, Mama Gina's on stage and she's super theatrical. Like she's, it's, it's one of the most glorious things to witness. And then they also brought in, um, they would always play dance music kind of midstream like she would be talking and she had someone who would intuit the best dance music so she would be talking and then all of a sudden dance music comes on and 850 women get up and dance well the interesting piece was she had one of her team members who was off stage you know kind of helping to run everything and in those moments of the dance music coming on so and they were short dance breaks they weren't very long but this team member would kind of like dance on stage, you know, you know, it's just Mama Gina, the leader and this team member now and 850 women dancing. But so Mama Gina's dancing, the team member dances on, dances on, goes to Mama Gina, whispers something in her ear, you know, they're working something out, but you don't, you know, you can't hear it. And then the team member just sort of dances off. And it was really fun to witness. And so I cornered the team member at one point because I was like, what was going on with that? Because that was really beautiful to watch. And her response was, I know Mama Gina isn't going to listen to me unless I seduce her. Mm. And I was just like, Phew. that was such a beautiful moment for me to see what that could look like in business. I mean, first of all, just to like see a woman, I mean, Imagine if we used our seductive powers, how much more we would get what we want if mm. we engage someone. So the team member was in her joy and her pleasure and her embodiment. And then from there, she connected to her boss to tell her something important about the event. And they kept it all in pleasure. And to me, that's actually, I'm just getting this now. I love this. The seductress just kind of takes a moment, grabs it and plants it in pleasure, <laughs> which I've never really seen before, but she's got to harness it to like bring it there and be the one who does that. And so that is hot. And that's the difference between the seductress who's being manipulative and kind of evil and the yeah. seductress who is being an invitation and putting play and joy and pleasure into this invitation that she's making. And I mean, imagine, you know, sometimes we're so serious and we're just so shut down by sales and marketing in business, right? Mm -hmm. Because it just feels so icky. But what if we were bringing the seductress in to attract clients, to attract women into our circles, to, yes. you know, whatever it is. I mean, that's what it is. And it's, it's fun and it's pleasurable. 
Yeah, to entice people into what they already want to do already. Yeah. Right? Oh, and also for us to have more fun doing it. Like if we're in our joy, it's contagious and in our pleasure. You know, yeah. people want to be around us. They want to join us there. But we need to find ways, first of all, again, to like get comfortable with it, keep choosing it. But then also, you know, to invite others to join us there. And there's absolutely, I mean, there's totally a way to keep using this in business, like in our copy, because, you know, the average copy when we're writing, I mean, it's not manipulative per se, but we're usually thinking about a goal, an end goal or result in mind, right? And it's sort of, I mean, it's terrible because I think I, I mean, you know, you have to rewire. I know I still do this sometimes. It's like you're looking to get something, right? But instead, what if it's like you get into your pleasure and your desire and you're like, I have an invitation, do you want to come play with me there? It feels really good. You know you want it. I don't know what the copy looks like, but I'm determined to sort of figure these pieces out because I think it'll just make it so much more fun for everyone, like the world included. <laughs> well, it could be simply being the embodiment of the seductress as you're sitting down to write. Totally. Wearing something sexy, doing something sexy, listening to something sexy, and feeling really embodied in your pleasure as you're writing. Because when we totally. sit down and write, I mean, we, however we're feeling is what's going to come out. Absolutely. It could, it could absolutely, it's like, that's one way. And I still, I still want to see like, how could the words be seductive? And, and again, not in a manipulative way, but how can I be so enticing with the invitation? that there's a transmission in it. You know, that's kind of where I get excited. And there's lots of ways for us to play with this for sure. I mean, really, we just need to get started and try something. <laughs> yes. All right. Before we wrap up here, um, I just wanted to share that what my biggest takeaway, and maybe you can share yours. And, um, sure. and uh, if anyone on the call live wants to share anything, ask any questions, um, you know, we'll, we'll have that. Uh, availability. But um, what I'm most present to is August was not only our month to get a car, but also our intended time to get pregnant again. Mm. <laughs> and what I'm present to with this conversation and what I'm going to take on, and it's so fitting and perfect that this is the month of the seductress with, with Sistership Circle, is um, what if instead of me coming from this place of this result of get pregnant, get pregnant, and instead just be totally in my seductress and so in my pleasure and let's just see what happens. I mean, I remember there was one night this month, um, it was actually during my ovulation and I come home from circle and I was all juiced up and I'm like, Brett, and he's like, babe, I'm so exhausted. I, and he never turns me down, ever. Like, and he's like, I just, I don't, I don't want to make a baby with this energy. You know, like, I want to be so turned on and excited to make a baby. <laughs> wow. So and so we're like, well, July wasn't our month anyway, you know. Um, but, you know, it's just, it is that. It's like, yeah, it's about us being the embodiment of, Love. I mean, that's how Callie was conceived was just, we were so in pleasure and connection and passion. And 
So yeah, that's how I definitely want to make my second child. <laughs> that's so beautiful. Tanya, thank you for sharing that with all of us. Lush. That's good. <laughs> Getting hot and excited about this. You know, you, so that's the place you hang out. Like you hang out in the excitement of it instead of this is August is the month we're going to conceive a child. <laughs> Do you see the yeah. difference? Oh, totally. <laughs> totally. Um, and yeah. then the other piece too with desires, it's great to sort of get underneath the desire too. Like what will you get or have if you get pregnant? Do you have a couple of answers? Mm. What would that give you? Uh, yeah, because it's, it could be easy for me to get actually stuck in the fear of having my second child or being pregnant with a toddler <laughs> mm -hmm. and Kelly around. So, um, mm, desire, pleasure. What would it give you if you were to get pregnant this month? Mm. I get really excited about the the thought of my expanding family. Yes. Yes. Callie's, Callie's little sibling. Yes. You know, I'm present to just how much fun a family of four. I mean, not yes. that we don't have so much fun with Callie, but just, yeah, like bigger family, expanded family. Um, being pregnant, just the how much I'm in my body and so present to my power as I'm growing a child. <sighs> oh yeah. Um, and a whole new level of exquisite self-care. Beautiful. Yeah. Thank you Beautiful. for that. Okay. Do you see the visceral difference? Oh, I feel it. Isn't it crazy? So it. what you do then, this is how, if you want to kind of get masterful with your desires, is you focus on those feelings. You focus on the desire to expand your family and how fun that's going to be. And you focus on like a new level of self-care. And you focus on like getting to be that like goddess that's birthing a baby and in her power. So you have like the, the spark. So here's the interesting thing about desire. It, it's a spark that rises up, sends you in the direction of a nutrient you need. It's not actually that interested with you achieving the object of your desire. That's a little bit of a mindfuck, that one. But really, all it wants is to send you in the direction and have the journey towards something. Mm. And that's the wisdom. So that's why if we, we really need to let go of the results that we want and focus on the journey aspect of it in a way. So, so for you to focus on and let go of how, what it's going to look like, right? So you focus on the expansion of your family and how fun it's going to be as a family of four. Like you have the intention, August would be a great month to get pregnant. You follow the flow. If it leads you there, fantastic. But you stay in the feeling state of those deeper desires behind the goal and that is almost like the hot air that makes your balloon rise, if you will. I love that. Yeah. All right. I know Allison is on the line. Allison, you want to ask a question or share one thing that you are taking from this call? Um, yes, yes, yes. Um, I just want to share first off that pretty much 
the entire length of this call, I've had a little hummingbird in my eyesight. So that's oh, been sweet. a little bit of hummingbird medicine for us, ladies. And nice. um, yeah, um, I first listened to Christina when you, Tanya, did the Women's Leadership Summit maybe like five months ago or so. Oh, cool. And you, you talked about the orgasmic meditation, and I had to try it. <laughs> so oh, it, it's, been, it's, been, it's been like a monthly or more ritual for me. Beautiful. And, um, yeah, that's been quite, quite amazing. Thank you so much for teaching that. Sure. Um, and, yes, I really enjoyed um, listening to you ladies. Thank you for coming together for this. Absolutely. Um, anything that you are taking away from this call or an intention that you want to set for August? Oh, man. Um, I'm taking away pretty much the – I really resonated with the very end of this call where you had – or Tanya – but I was in on it. You had Tanya really feel into what it would feel like having um, a family of four and a focus on those feelings to kind of create a gateway or a path to manifesting your desire. So um, that really resonates with me. And, and as far as stepping into that power, that really helps me understand how to get there. Mm. Uh, that's, I'm, I'm taking that. I'm running with it. <laughs> Thank you. Awesome. awesome. Thanks, Allison. I'm so glad you brought that up. I meant to say that, you know, anyone listening can totally apply that to themselves. When you have a desire, and if it doesn't feel like totally turned on, if it just sounds like, well, that would be very nice. I'd like to add that to my to-do list. Um, if mm -hmm. it doesn't have the turn on behind it, what you want to do is go underneath it. And be like, what are the deeper desires underneath? What would I get if I had this thing? And generally, you'll start to find as you the deeper you go, you'll find more and more turn on. And the turn on is an electricity that's going to power you up to actually bring in that desire. So, yeah, anyone, please try that. Run with it and let us know how, what, how it works. Awesome. All right. So, Christina, in wrapping up, mm. um, do you have any resource that you'd love to share with our community here of they want to go deeper with this? Well, I would say um, my program that's called Seven Figure Orgasm, I'd like to offer to your community. Uh, it's a mini course that's got some videos and a workbook that's going to guide you through a process of this di different operating system that we talked about. And also learning how to get into resonance with something that you really desire. You may not all want seven figures, or you might, but whatever it is, you can translate it to something that's a deep desire for you. And there's a whole process of learning how to utilize your pleasure and desire and getting into harmony with it so that you can actually call it in so they can find that um, at sevenfigureorgasm.com perfect okay and that link will be on the replay page so thank you so much I so enjoyed this conversation and I feel all juiced up and ready. 
thank you for contributing to me. Oh, that's awesome. Ah. That makes me happy. Yay. That's going to be, yeah, that's going to be fun to, um, I might even text you and check in and see how you're doing with like focusing on the desires aspect of yes. yeah, the feeling state um, <laughs> instead of, you know, the to-do list. Thank you for sharing that with us. And it's been such a delight. I love that um, you keep inviting me to in, like embody this archetype of the seductress. It makes me happy. Um, Absolutely. So thank you for having me. And thank you to all the women who've joined us. Mm, thank you. All mm. right. Take care, everyone. Bye.